are world eaters. My name is Matthew Kroll. And forgiveness is bullshit. My name is Red Charizard. <laughs> I'm Jamie Walsh. What the hell am I doing here? I'm Anastasia. And this is the only podcast about movies, specifically the very daddy-focused film, Ad Astra. Hashtag dad stuff. Hashtag dad stuff. As you've noticed, dearest listeners, uh, my intrepid co-host, Shahir Dowd is not with us this week. He is currently in Budapest, I believe, throwing a uh, lovely party for one Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He directed a a, a concert or a film or something. He'll talk, believe me, he'll talk about it. (laughs) Um, But uh, check out Shahir's Instagram if you'd like to see him chatting with Will Smith. Very surreal for me. Really surreal. Uh, But in the interim, I have brought on an all-star, an all-star crew of guests to man this. All-star. I like what you did. I was going to keep going. To man this vessel all about man stuff, but it, it's weird. It's, it's man stuff. It's yeah. man stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, thank you so much, all of you, for coming on. Uh, you've all been on the show before. No? No one has? I'm happy to make this season. I, I, I feel like it's been a while <laughs> I wish we since did, I've been in seasons. I wish we did seasons. Um, actually, no, I don't. Well, then there'd be breaks. No, I, I don't know what I would do with myself if I didn't have to go and see a film and then uh, talk about it uh, every week. It's a really good exercise. And I say that because I keep turning up here. Uh, but it's because I see a movie with Matt, and then I leave, and I'm like, I have a lot of opinions, and Matt's like, well, how convenient for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, well, to be honest, and actually, um, one, one of the other reasons why I really enjoy doing this, especially when I can have uh, people back on with, with different opinions other than Shahir and myself, because I, and even uh, the listeners uh, email in onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com, uh, when you all sort of come at us with your opinions, and I mean that in a very good way, it breaks my sort of like very thin veil of like, well, I know what's going on, and then like I, I can actually start thinking about things uh, critically from a different point of view other than my own. So it's again, it's all wrapped up, it's all... Um, it, it's a chrysalis of enjoyment slash derailment. Um, no, yeah, you know, it's always good good to get a dichotomy of opinion. So, so uh, we're going to jump right into the movie this week. Uh, we have a couple emails. We'll do them next week um, because there's a lot I feel like to not necessarily unpack, but to talk through. I feel like the <laughs> unpacking. This movie did the unpacking. I, it for already us. did the unpacking. If the clothes <laughs> are out on the bed, we're yeah. ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> The movie was like, I'm just going to walk you through this one, okay? Um, And and again, I I hope we're not coming off on it too harshly right away. Uh, I I will say, we were were, uh, looking up stuff right before um, this podcast, doing a little research, if you will, uh, other than just seeing the film. And um, I was not familiar enough with uh, basic Latin to realize that the, the title of this film, Ad Astra, just literally meant... To the stars. Yeah, oh. that was in the voiceover. That's so. Clear. Was it really? No, just as, it just told you w- mankind always always look to the stars, and then the title came up, and you're like, oh, oh. so I, it, it I did. I so very much feel that that was the working title that no one bothered to change. <laughs> <laughs> Little I've did you know that. it was actually called I've Gremlins like, Four. I've been like, how are we gonna make this thing cool? Ooh, okay, so like, let's like look at let's like Google Latin stuff. Oh yeah, that's really cool. No one's gonna Google that. Yeah, let, let's go with that. Like that has happened for but, many creative people. <laughs> but to be fair, yeah. uh, I didn't know. I mean, I, I, again, I, that, I'm not saying that I am the baseline of of folks. Uh, so, so that exercise, while silly, Jamie, 
worked on me. My, my frustration is that it doesn't have anything to do with the movie, really. Yeah. I, it, literally, it does. Uh, literally, it I, does. I would. I mean, yeah, you can. I mean, look. When, whenever but you're sort of, it's it's a vague, it's a vague and generic title for a movie about space. So here's the challenge. But this that, movie isn't about space, and that's one of the reasons why that doesn't work as so much as a title. Right, and we, we'll get uh, we'll get into that in a little I have bit. A counterpoint. Anastasia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, so I think because uh, we don't quite know yet because we haven't uh, finished watching uh, the. Sorry, everyone's very distracted by. J- we have a nice French press of coffee uh, because we are a fancy podcast. Again, sorry, Shahir, that you're too busy uh, getting jiggy with it uh, out of the States. Welcome uh, to Au Pen where we review movies. And, and we have a French press of coffee, and she pushed it down, and everyone just literally like focused on the magic of, of the like French press. Pneumatic and smooth. Um, <laughs> where's Clooney? Get him in here. He's, he sells coffee machines now, right? He didn't take this movie. Oh, uh, well. Uh, what I was going to say was, if we are not happy with the title, or we think the title is too baseline and does not go beyond a, a superficial level of what the film does, I would like to challenge us all, by the end of this podcast, to come up with a new title for this movie. Great, got it. Um, does it have to be spelled out of the same letters? Like, <laughs> No. It does not have to be an a- an anagram. Yeah, does it have to be an anagram? No, That's what I'm it does not. Okay. But bonus points if you think of an additional anagram title. Okay, got it. Um, and and this goes for you, dear listeners. If you would like to write us in what you think your uh your preferred title for the film Ad Astra is once you've seen it, you can email us in again at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or tweet at us at onlymoviepod. Let us know. Uh, we'll go through some of those next week if you send them in. Also, uh, please leave some iTunes uh, iTunes love if you have a free moment. Uh, five stars being the best but we'll take however many you can spare yeah it's, it's, and I'll just go to the stars really. yeah go to the oh, oh. 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 this is why we this pay you this has been a great podcast big... everybody have a good time yeah this is why we pay you uh, the no bucks for showing up Red we, we appreciate I got the... to watch the French press you did <laughs> <laughs> payment enough uh, I guess I'll read the IMDB synopsis oh yeah and then because we can that's just... always very accurate and then we can just dive right in yeah absolutely let's do that Astronaut Ray McBride undertakes a mission across an unforgiving solar system to uncover the truth about his missing father and his doomed expedition that now, 30 years later, threatens the universe. I already have taken issue with that. I mean, okay. Well, uh, well uh, without can you can you can you talk about your issues without Let, giving spoilers? Let's just yet? highlight unforgiving space and get back to that later. Sure. I, I was going to say. W- in any of these movies, when has space been like, nah, you get a mulligan? Like when this movie. This movie. Yeah, space was not the problem in this movie. No. I, I also true. Anastasia, again, I'm gonna challenge you on this later. We're just gonna go to the mat and see what happens. Well, I'm it, here. I'm right oh, here. Oh, we are at the You're mat. at the mat. Welcome to Thunderdome Population You. This movie it's not there's something not unique about what I'm about to say. I think this is most movies. This space, is why people come here. Space is the backdrop for something else in this it's movie. It's like yeah. the, it's like yeah, you know. Yeah. And it's uh, it's a very pretty backdrop, but it's yeah. kind of irrelevant to what's happening. And and it was a smart move because we're all into space. Everybody likes space movies. Uh, except people that don't like space movies. Well, I don't. Oh, they're so boring. I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Wrong. Wow. All right. All right. All right. All I can right. say this without, without without spoiling about space and actually the, the entire setup, which is um, for us. Uh, well, the movie itself is set in the near possible future. Okay, you yes. can discuss the science implement implement whatever the word. implementation implication time of much Aha. conflict and later. But. Um, for us, uh, space is exotic, but for um, uh, uh, Ray's or Roy's uh, character, um, 
It's uh, mundane. He's just a upper middle class guy with a beer, kind of like a, it's not a desk job, but it's the equivalent. I mean, he's always wanted to be an astronaut and he kind of is, but it's kind of like, oh. Isn't he a pretty, I thought he was like a pretty good astronaut. Is you know, he he is, but I mean, just take a look at where we are right now. Space isn't as exotic there. Yes. So, so, so he, he's just upper middle class you know, but postal worker. That was frankly one of my favorite things about the movie. Uh, the design of a mundane it, it yeah, exercise. Exactly. Like That's him traveling to the moon commercially uh, is... A little bit of a spoiler my, there, but we'll yeah. Well, this, it's, it's, it's not. This, is, this movie sets it up so that... Um, it's not exciting, as exciting as we today think it is. But and I, I think that's really clever about the movie. And it See, felt very 2001 A Space Odyssey, the way they dis- like the way they showed what space travel to the moon will be like landing on the moon, what the moon is going to be like. We're hitting on a lot of different points right now. So let's sort of the hit them one, one by one. Uh, first and foremost, without getting into too much of a spoiler thing, and I, I, I agree with 80% of the end of what you said and 20% of not the beginning. Uh, so basically, let's talk about the technology of this film and how it is presented, because that is the thing about this movie that I absolutely loved. Uh, this film portrays space in, in kind of how you've all said, kind of a mundane, uh, you know, uh, you know, there were no forks at medi- in medieval times, therefore there are no forks at medieval times, sir, would you like a refill on that Pepsi sort of way? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's like everything is commercial. What? That's a reference to the film Cable Guy when Janine Garofalo is a serving wench at medieval times and Ben Stiller and Jim Carrey are there and they ask for forks and then they realize that they can't have them. Ben Stiller's in Cable Guy? It doesn't matter. Let's move on. Right? Sorry. Yeah. Okay, so uh, ta- space. <laughs> oh, no, Matthew Broderick. Wow, Matthew Broderick, Ben Stiller. What's this wrong with me? This has been the oldie podcast about Yeah, Jamie, guy. keep me honest. Uh, yes, Matthew Broderick in, in ye old-fashioned cable guy. Um, but the point that I was trying to make was you – when when seeing this, it's super interesting and also a little bit depressing about like the space films oftentimes are a little bit wondrous or even the way that they're shot. Yes. I'll, I'll even go like Interstellar is, of course, is science fantasy in a way where like even though it is very scientific, the way that the planets we're seeing them at least have a, a fantasy um uh, uh, like undertone, or uh, as what, even if they are scientifically correct, they they are portrayed to us in a way that we would feel like we're would looking be at natural a yeah, possibility. Our direction yeah. adds a trippiness to it. Uh, gravity, although it's been a while since I've seen Gravity, um, has drop something right here. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, it still works. Um, the but the film Gravity uh, is not necessarily. There's nothing sort of. Um, fantastical about that outside of the realm of science but the way that it is shot and the way the characters do the things that they do is sort of it's through a lens of what i would consider a little bit more like um uh elevated in a in a emotional fantasy sort of way even the martian does this a little bit more too with uh i guess and this is a weird thing to sort of say but like Adding comedy, which then adjusts the entire fantasy of the film. It it adds filler to the vast emptiness of space. So and this movie didn't necessarily always want to do that. Well, so and, and and it's an interesting look at like all of like what space travel would will probably be like if we make it that far. 
uh, in the future. I mean, there's the thing about when he's tr- flying commercially to to the moon, um, where they offer him like they're in a nice little thing, and then he offers needs the blanket and pillow package, and it's one hundred and twenty five dollars. Yeah, um, I think a lot of the representation Delta to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> in those other movies, you're talking about the excitement of what's possible, and in this movie, you're. Um, you're confined by the reality of what is. And yeah. And I think the, the, where, and I loved that again for the sort of the first two thirds of this film. I think where it does kind of fall apart for me is at least from when, when that wonder and that like, oh my God, look at the technical achievement that they pulled off showing us this world that feels like it could very well be real in a hundred years is the moon has commercial flights going to it. Great, cool. Mars, going and getting to Mars, has military flights to Space going to Space Force. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was right. Um, the Then uh, everything after that, which is supposed to be like literally, no pun intended, the final frontier, mm-hmm. all felt entirely the same as those other two things and very, very possible. Yeah. It all felt, also very... felt too easy to for the, the long distance. You're like... Nobody's checked on them before. It only took you three months to get there. Yeah, or or if they had, and I'm sure they, I'm sure they did. It wasn't that hard. We, we had things going on here. There was like, uh, there was there like was Coachella. a lot going on. Dancing with the Stars season eighty nine was in the middle. Uh, you don't know who's gonna win that. I mean, you just have to really pay attention. I, I'm sorry, I hadn't thought about that. It was like an eighteen day trip. No, it was Why three months. Why didn't they send someone earlier? I months. guess they didn't know where he was. They didn't know where he was, and then they got his coordinates. That's what well, they thought he was lost. But then, like, I guess you yeah, can't. Yeah, they thought he was dead. I think. I will say, I, I'll, I'll try to defend the, the science of this movie anyway. Like flying from planet to planet, even in our solar system, like it's not like it's the same path you'd go on. Like you might be able to figure it out math wise, but like. Yeah, that's a big expensive thing if you don't know anybody is actually there. Yes. Yeah. Sure. But I don't think you need to defend the science. No, the, the, I, I, I don't think, think this movie was it's about not important. the science. I didn't care in the movie. Yeah, they just wanted to feel like, here's well, a thing, and that's what it is. I felt, so for the most part, I thought the science of this film was fairly well done in that, not, not I'm not, listen, I do not know about space travel in any grand terms, but uh, I do feel that they had the right, uh, not to, to not sound too cynical, scapegoat of saying it's the near future. Yeah. There is more technology available to us in this world than you have, so maybe chill out if you're going to go on Reddit later. Uh, well, you say scapegoat, I say narrative exercise. Sure, yes, yeah. that's, yeah, a better, like... that's a better term. Uh, I and and so I didn't necessarily feel like I I was ever like uh, getting getting shark jumped by ideas of of the science fiction. Wait, the shark is jumping you. The, there's a part, and I don't oh. want to. Henry Winkler's on a shark. Well, when <laughs> there's, when there's no gravity, you. anything's possible. Oh, uh, that's fair. Uh, when uh, there are a few moments where I was like, well, what the hell's going on here? And then at, towards the end, and I won't say what happens, but there is one like kind of bare bones thing that has to happen when I was like, I call this is not accurate at all but uh i don't i don't know that it matters in this film i you can kind of wave it away yeah they, yeah. they established pretty although, early on this thing although happening. everyone freaks the hell out about gravity and how it's inaccurate even though that i think that that's a far better film than this one uh and i also would like to say i would like to see anybody give 10 percent a damn about boat 
technology accuracy in uh, films oh. than they do about space travel because <laughs> if you're going to complain about one thing like we had look this- at how cars work look at how any vehicle works you haven't been paying attention <laughs> we had we had this conversation after the film which is yeah uh, like how uh boat boat physics and the way boat like sailing a sailboat works in films is so wrong in comparative but but Jamie was saying that no one ever really Leo's complains in front <laughs> t pains on top yeah 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 uh <laughs> And they're singing the I'm on a boat song. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. That's how it moves. Yeah. I've just noticed that every time there's ever a movie about space travel, everyone's like, well, I know a little bit more about space than the average person. I've got my flip-flops. But then they don't care about any other kind of film, so I just don't have a lot of patience. Well, no, no, but here's the thing. I don't think that there aren't people that call that out. I think the cross-section of people that call out space stuff is the Venn diagram is also very large with people that complain on the internet. I don't think boat people... I think boat people have other um, things that they're doing. They could complain to their buddies... Uh, how they saw a thing, but they're not going to go on forums and be like, "Man, this schooner was really fucked up." Like, they, like that's not what boat folk do. I can't wait till we're all old and can afford boats, and that's what we're doing. Man, this scooter thing was sure fucked up. Right, it's going to be a nightmare. Yeah, I look forward to my skipjack. To be honest. There you go. Um, so that was. It is an interesting thing that um, because I feel like. Man, space stuff, you could actually argue probably a lot more, even if you're wrong, than boat stuff. Right? Because, like, boat stuff, bless you. Boat stuff, I feel like, because it's, you know, uh, on Earth or on terrestrial, like, you can be like, well, let's check the boat. Oh, no, boat does this. We're in space. Not everyone can just go check the space. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. As a person who... does a lot of work with VFX artists and companies. I believe you're currently working on a film about a man from Ireland. Uh, yes, 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 and yes. an Irish man. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yes, that's what I hear. Um, <laughs> in fact, uh, by the time this uh, by the time this airs, we'll have had our world premiere. Yeah, which is very exciting. I yeah. uh, I saw the second trailer. Great. I believe. Sorry, this is a bit of a tangent, and I really, really enjoyed the second trailer. That's great. I'm really glad you. Um, the it, it captured me in a way that, to be honest, the first trailer did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, the second one, I was like, oh yes, yeah. like it felt very, very nice. Yeah, we're really excited to show this to the world. Yeah. and uh, so is Netflix. Yeah, so, so. that's great. Um, but being a person who has to deal with often these constructions, the, <laughs> you will be amazed at how many people <laughs> don't know how things like cars work. <laughs> Watch uh, the Fast and the Furious. I mean, I sure yeah. don't, yeah. but, you um, know. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, sometimes you see these first, uh, you know, composites coming by, and Shahir can talk a lot to this. There's he, he will. A lot of stuff is thrown out the window for the sake of the story. Yeah. You know, and that's also what's important. Everything that you do every, in the film, every choice that you make, should be in service of the story, which means sometimes you have to break the rules of the very things we know. And as long as it doesn't stop you from absorbing the story, then it's effective. Yeah, as long yeah. as as long as the story isn't about the technical aspects, yes. then you're good. Yes. Yeah. And for this film, because the story isn't, I didn't care about the couple of moments that I was like, eh, with regards to the technology. It didn't matter because it wasn't important to the story. Yeah, I, I had... Again, the only thing I took umbrage with was the feeling of space travel and how it did all kind of feel the same. And for the first two thirds, when they were in the inner solar system, I guess that felt very like, oh yeah, of course, this is this is not novel to anyone. That you can you could buy a Jamie was joking a Delta ticket and go to the moon. There was a subway on the of moon. It would be yeah. Delta. Uh, uh, yeah, um, uh, that terminal in LaGuardia, man, really needs to get fixed up. Um, <laughs> And but but then when they went the to the outer reaches, like Laguardia, yeah. 
Um, so I, that's when it sort of threw me. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't that it wasn't in service. It was never in service of the story, but the technology of everything is what actually grabbed me more than the story. That's and so therefore, when it when it sort of. Uh, betrayed the own feeling that it set up by actually, this is a weird sentence, but by actually just sticking with it, even though it made less sense in the story at that time, that's when I started having a bit of a, of a disconnect. Yeah, yeah, well, and like, you know, when he goes to the moon, when he's traveling across the moon, and he talks about sort of the, the disappointment of it and how we're just still competing for resources, nothing has really changed. We feel like, I think it, that was a good like nod to the viewer of like, you, you're in the future. It's it's still a bummer. We the haven't figured it out. Future is still uh, awful. I, and I wanted more of that in the film. Well, the thing is, and again, I'll go back to this: the world they set up in the first two thirds of this movie, space antennas, flying commercial to the moon, going to a realistic. military mission on Mars. Not even realistic. Interesting. Those are things where I was like, and that's the reason when I saw the trailer, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> and then there's a mysterious thing out in the end of the solar system that's causing like flare ups that are like messing with like uh, EMP pulses and shit. And I was like, hell yeah. And then like, oh no, it's actually Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, and then it looking real haggard in a in a video Skype call. Um, and like then sort of the mystery is set up from there. Um, however, it's. <laughs> We're going to get to spoilers very quickly. Yeah. But I, I also yeah, want to say one more to. thing before we get into that stuff. Because uh, I, I feel like the more we start talking about things that are spoilery in this film, the, I, I don't want to say more harsh will be, but the more <laughs> we will not be talking, we will not be singing praises a lot. Okay. Well, then I guess we I guess we should go through some of the good stuff. Well, kind of. So basically what I wanted to talk about again, let's go back to the moon and Jamie, even that thing you brought up about, let's go back to the moon. I hear there's wizards there. Um, the... <laughs> <laughs> that wizard's from the moon. That wizard's thanks, Peter uh, Dinklage. That's our big spoiler. Snape killed Dumbledore. Yeah, no. <laughs> wow, we went a lot of different references, a lot I'm of different sorry, ways. Yeah, there. I'm not proud of what I just said. No, yes, you are. Uh, don't become a liar as well. Um, so the the moon sequence. Jamie and I were just over coffee this morning, uh, reading about how the moon sequence was done in the desert. Conspiracy theory, much? Uh, yeah, they they, 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 they shot wait. it. Yeah, in, in a desert. They shot the practical <laughs> stuff in the desert. Then they recolored. Just like Stanley Kubrick did on the moon landing. Yep. Yeah, they used the exact same. Well, I kept thinking about 2001: A Space Odyssey in this. Yeah, I think I think there's a lot reasons. to invoke. It's it. like yeah, the yeah. same, but yeah. um, you know, I, I loved that. That's and my favorite. Solaris, like, that's... I have felt a lot. Oh Solaris yeah, yeah. So this sequence, uh, something I found very fascinating was, you know, they were trying to mimic one sixth gravity, right? And when you're doing a buggy chase scene, that is obviously uh, difficult. Um, I have to give him credit. I, I felt, I felt drawn into that. That was a yeah, very was a fun scene. sequence. Uh, nothing to do with the story. Uh, sort of a, yet another hurdle our hero has to go through that has nothing to do with anything mm -hmm. uh, other than painting uh, a brief picture of a world that is far more interesting than the story just, we are being told. I just told. want to lay the thought right now that it's a storm and a rough sea. Yes, 100%. Yeah. But, just but, laying that groundwork. But if the storm and the rough sea also like had a really compelling backstory that like actually had more to do than with, than the main characters. I'm going to get there. Okay. I'm going to so, get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> Had a really fun cardigan. The storm had a really fun cardigan. Yeah. The the problem with the moon is that it's an episodic, unrelated episode and everything else that happens. And that, to me, was like, oh, yeah, this is a Brad Pitt movie, whereas in World War Z, something happens. Brad Pitt survives. Something else happens. Oh, wait. Brad Pitt survives. He yeah. just keeps kind of getting out of different situations. Right, but isn't that... Oh, you're saying it's just it like World like War Z. It's like a 2015 action movie. I would even go earlier. Trust but, up, but... up nicely in 2019 <laughs> graphics. 
the, the but back to the but but see we can't even we can't even have nice things at this point. Um, they shot it at between thirty two and thirty six frames per second, which because is really cool. They found it, that that was sort of an easier way to mimic the the movement in one sixth gravity, yeah. uh, which I found absolutely fascinating. And then they shot some of it in, with I believe infrared cameras to then be able to turn the blue skies black, and it didn't work perfectly because obviously clouds and things like that. But and and then some of the I think either the textures or the mats behind all the VFX work were actual lunar shots from 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, which is so cool. When Stanley yeah. Kubrick originally oh, originally filmed the moon it. landing. <laughs> I, You know, it's interesting because I never thought they'd actually get uh, Kubrick to the moon, but they managed to so he could shoot it. Uh, new conspiracy theory. What up? He's the wizard on the moon. He's the wizard <laughs> on the moon! Ah, oh, Peter Dinklage, before his time, um, when he was that little ghost, completely uninterested in weird-ass lines in the video game Destiny. I'm so confused. Don't worry about it. Oh, don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. N- n- he w- I'm not. I'm not. But, but you know what? If Peter confused, Dinklage was confused, too. Everything. I'm going to take a nap until this segment's done. <laughs> um, so I really liked that. Um, I really liked the politics, uh, ever so brief. Um, I, I like how it emphasized uh, kind of, well, I mean, our main character is a misanthrope, right? So we have to be very careful when we are hearing about the world through his perspective. Yeah. But I did like the way that um, things were mentioned in the uh, voiceover that were just like, I'm complaining about this, but I'm using this information to explain it this way. Mm-hmm. So when we talked about the political faction and fighting, the 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 there's piracy, there's no borders, there's just countries putting down flags and claiming this is mine. I I was like that felt real to me. That felt like oh yeah, that's that's us. That's that's us. Okay, we're being told by this guy who just hates everything. Um, about it, so I have to like be careful how much I read into it. But, right. But at the same time, I def- I felt like this is an important piece of information to have to understand why the mission's being done the way it is being done. Mm-hmm. So like I appreciate the thought taken into creating that world. I just wish the the and, and this comes back to something that Cheer and I actually talk about quite a bit is that and it's dangerous to think this way, but like. There's just, in my opinion, a far more interesting story to be told about that world, even if there is the MacGuffin at the end of the tunnel about a mysterious experiment gone wrong causing uh, flare-up in the solar system that's destroying technology even back on Earth. Like, like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's a MacGuffin. I don't think in this case it's a MacGuffin. It's not. You're 100% right. I, I misused the term MacGuffin. I was just sort of trying to shorthand it, even though then I long-handed it, so apologies around. Uh, it is not a MacGuffin because Sorry, we internet. understand, well... No, it is not a MacGuffin. It's, it's, um, there's, we could get into the definition of MacGuffin, it's, but that's It's a like a reverse MacGuffin. There's a not point. really. It's, well, it's a catalyst. Okay, there's a point. There is a goal, an overarching goal, to which our character is not so, not so deeply tied in this film, and then a bunch of other stuff happens. And it feels like filler in perhaps a script that was a little bit patched together and not necessarily uh, strong enough to get us with full care to the end of the film. It's so funny. It feels, it does feel like the, the, the film is laser focused on a moment and will just do anything to get to that moment. Uh, I don't feel like we're laser focused in, in getting there. Okay. Uh, I, I feel, but I, I don't know that the terminology we're using is correct to describe what the movie does. And I want to talk about some spoilers because we're about, we're about 27 minutes in. We can, hard, we can get into it's that. It's hard to not reference in this film because this film is all like 
a poster board of different story ideas. Okay, so stuck fr- to one big story. Idea. From this point, there th- here there be spoilers beyond uh, oh, the here stars. There be here dragons. there be yar. <laughs> What's a pirate's favorite letter? W. Uh, or maybe it's M for moon because there's moon pirates. That's fun. Uh, <laughs> there but- are moon pirates. Spoiler number one. Yep. Spoiler moon number pirates. one. Moon pirates. They don't really matter. <laughs> well, okay. So I would I would watch a movie about moon pirates. Well, yeah. okay. I I want to I want to frame the rest of everything that I say from here on out, from now till eternity, and the, the following. I feel like I just watched Moby Dick, and except this, instead of following uh, Ishmael, uh, we're following Captain Ahab's upper middle class son <laughs> trying to find him. <laughs> Like Ten bucks says his upper it was class, pitched like that. Privileged white son following, you know, trying to find Captain Ahab, and I, I really feel like we're following somebody who's like, man, what if we did Moby Dick in space? I mean, the 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 end. Um, so think about how everything feels episodic. Yeah. So you're going through like your your and you have your rough seas moment, as it were. Yeah. And 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 Ahab is represented. The Ahab. Obsession is represented in both the father figure and the son. Yes. So and, and to the to the defense of the film, and I won't defend it a lot, but I will say something that does happen that does link all of these episodes together is uh, the uh, flagrant loss of uh, human life that he sort of just charges on through. Yeah. <laughs> he sort of just keeps being like, "Oh, sorry about yeah, Tim. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Tim that didn't is... make it through this thing I got Ooh. him into." Ah. Yep. I better go. You know, he keeps doing that, and ultimately, that is uh, reminiscent of his father, who yeah, his uh, father's you, reckless you learn abandonment more more. of yeah. humanity doesn't in search of a higher humanity keeps fucking over regular humanity. Yeah, uh, and, but, and 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 his Brad Pitt's actions are echo his, and so I was like, okay, I see where you're going, movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. The movie was very clear about they what they wanted point. going on, yes. and this is where I felt like sometimes. The voiceover, which feels like it, some of it was written the after the fact, it was everything. Well, it was voiceover because they forgot to write dialogue. Yeah, voiceover is very difficult to to you know implement. You know, um, people who can shout out Scorsese can do it really well, but when you can't, man, shout out me get, in college. <laughs> <laughs> but when you can't, it, it, it's very it, it becomes distracting and um, like most of the time, you know, the voiceover that I was hearing was like, "This is redundant." It was redundant. They even reused some shots, and I found it drawling. Mm. I was, mm. I was tired. Well, the the points where they reused shots was tr- to try to like get you a little. It's an interesting thing when you're like in a film, like, hey, uh, could you show us boredom? Could you make us feel bored without feeling boredom? And oh, that's when he's traveling. They but then, succeeded. Well, no, they could no because we felt bored. Like yeah. that's where they didn't succeed. Um, mm. The 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 thing about um, oh man, I, I I lost the train of thought when we were talking about. Um, the the way that oh the murder the incessant murder that Brad Pitt does to get to where he's yeah, going the and terrible just, collateral damage and then yeah. he just keeps dumping bodies into space so hold convenient. on convenient <laughs> so yeah yeah the thing about it is except for uh, the dead uh, lieutenant right uh, uh, who got shot in the face on the moon by the space pirate oh, yeah, he, he throws him off, off the, of the just truck throws him off he's like hey his body could be collected to be back fair yeah, like you can get that it's they're all wearing face masks so that could have been another guy pushing that guy off we don't know that it was Brad pit pushing uh shot in the face guy off the buggy mm. uh, no it definitely was, it was because he yeah. gets in the driver's the seat the editing drives. seems yeah. to indicate oh. yeah. okay well, well i tried and it's it's reminiscent of his disregard 
Well, it, but my, it makes sense plot wise. Just but this yet, is yet when um, uh, what's his face uh, 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 Donald Sutherland begins having a heart attack while delivering the one plot point. Um, a cardboard like, thumb drive, like, oh. which was accidentally pre-delivered before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is uh, is you know that's when he's like, oh well, something bad's happening here. I'm gonna stick around. Nah, I'm out. Never mind. <laughs> I'm gone. So the interesting thing about all of the of the wanton destruction left in Roy's wake in this film is so it's mirroring the father's journey a hundred percent. But the 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 clearly the, intentional. But the reason it doesn't work for me is because the father's journey has consequences that we see and by that is the military is trying to figure out what's going on the military is going to throw his wow. their son at him to go see if they can talk him down from doing whatever figure out what's happening oh shit the, he returned the call looks like we just got to nuke him like there's 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 consequence to it right in this film in the story we are presented there is zero consequence for anything that brad pitt's roy does and that is why i disagree with anastasia's uh pointing out of the uh of when we talked about unforgiving space, this space <laughs> is so forgiving <laughs> that by the end, the military is like, yo, bro, welcome back. Get out of the capsule. We'll slap a medal on you, and then you can go on a date. By the way, your ex-wife loves you again. 27 yeah. people have died, and you have no explanation for it outside of, uh, to go. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> he just said something in Latin, and they're like, this dude's smart. Yeah. God, you're yeah. handsome, McBride. <laughs> <laughs> You know, just again, just to reinforce this kind of like he's got this like nice upper middle class job. I mean, he's like a he's a major, which is a, a you know a field, you know a field officer. It's a it's pretty it's pretty high ranking, right? You know, like so like the only people he answers to is like lieutenant commanders and up. And so it felt d despondent to me. It felt very weird that while while Brad Pitt's journey, while Roy's journey was mirroring uh, his father's. The 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 difference was zero consequences, forgiving space, and we justified it by going and and I'm I'm you know I don't mean to be snarky when I say this, but I mean to be snarky. Sure, that. is that um he's like oh I'm acknowledging my privilege, so uh, did he? Yeah, oh yeah, he just bitches about his dad the entire time. That is like just like I'm pretending that I understand what's going on because I realize I have daddy issues and I'm so clever. Uh, yeah, the whole thing was him just being like, I really got to reconcile with my dad. Yeah, I got to reconcile. And you know what? Honestly, I have to reconcile with my dad. Like in should real we, life. Should we call him? Like in real life. No, not now. Okay. No, he's probably asleep. Um, <laughs> but but it, it, it's eleven on a Friday. Like it's a story that you know. Let's Anastasia. All call him <laughs> Anastasia was like, "Why does this story like? Why do I see this story over and over? Because it's a story I think a lot of people do identify with, which is, you know, like." You know, we are worried about if are we reflections of our of the worst things about our, that we see in our parents. Yeah, and uh, that that was a good story, and I do I got it at the end of the movie. I got <laughs> it. It's just you know he spent all that time and he went to space and, and murdered people. He killed people, and he's in hyperspace, and he's got a feeding tube in his belly, and he's going crazy, and then he's in a spacesuit, and he's fighting with Tommy Lee Jones, and it's in slow motion. And I just kept thinking, just. Pay for therapy. Yeah, yeah. Just, just get a therapist. This movie to me was just like men. It's hard to, well, men really got to deal I, with I, their it's feelings. It's hard to get a therapist <laughs> into space. Well, no, they 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 did, but he had a heart attack. Oh, <laughs> true. <laughs> maybe maybe the monkeys were had maybe. monkeys could have used some therapy too. Oh uh, yeah. They definitely could have. Also, they did again, use, they back did up. This is why I wanted to do spoilers in the first place. Oh, yes. Those monkeys did not matter. It was just a no. movie that it, I feel like this movie was focus grouped after it was made, and everyone said it's 
boring and you need more stuff. Uh, also reminiscent in the clearly edited in after scene. Oh shoot, this actor who's who I'm a huge fan of. That's okay. Uh, Orange I, is the new blacks uh, and oh, and Russian dolls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she's in there. Yeah, not in a scene <laughs> As that like is the... anyway interacting with Brad Pitt. It feels like they showed it to people and everyone said, "There's no women in this movie and it's boring. You need more personality and also maybe some chicks." Yeah. And so they stuck her in a shot in which Brad Pitt has nothing to do with her. You're literally just <laughs> walking through a room like, wait come back no someone with a sense of humor oh god and that's it and I just feel like she so clearly was posted in afterwards because the movie lacks I will color. agree with that statement I don't think that they focus grouped and then they're like add the monkey sequence uh, maybe maybe I, not the monkeys. I can so see someone being like, you know what I'd love to see is a spaceship full of two baboons that killed 27 but here's, people. Here's We're a, not going to show any of that, though. From, just a technical, from a technical perspective, here's why that was in there from moment one. The way that it is shot and the way that the information for both the characters and the audience is, is portrayed to all of us. They, the, uh, Brad Pitt and uh, nameless astronaut partner go into. You sounded a lot like George Clooney. Yeah, yeah. Maybe there's some AD, aren't there? Um, and so they go to this on on the way to. I believe this was on the way to Neptune, right? No, from, it was on the way to Mars. Uh, on the way to Mars, from the from the Mars. moon to Mars on the military craft. Yes. Um, uh, thank you, Anastasia. The they have to stop for a distress signal, and Brad Pitt doesn't want to, but it's regulation. And like, I I did. There were small moments in this film that are actually very good. When he's like, "Well, sir, you do rank here, so you could take control of this vessel. Do you want to do that?" And then Brad Pitt's like, "No." Like it, it, that was a very interesting sort of like you see where his line is. Like it almost actually might even play better into the fact that he has zero regard for human life because he kind of like doesn't want to take responsibility for anything other than the it's, dad stuff. It's not yeah. out of air it's not out of arrogance, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So so then they stop and this was a uh animal research vessel in deep space for some reason. Again, nowhere near anything else. No. So why would the research thing be out that far? Doesn't matter. Let's keep moving. <laughs> they go in and the reason why I think this was in there from the beginning is just like the moon sequence was like the action Mad Max moment, this is the haunted house moment. Because they break off, they're both on radios and and not to mention they're all in small metal tubes where sound probably carries quite a bit. Uh, again, no scientist, but you know, if there's nowhere else making noise and you're trapped in a thing that holds noise, chances are you'll hear stuff. N monkeys are making zero noise, first and foremost, so they're stealth monkeys. Then uh, Brad Pitt loses communication with his buddy without like a crackle or a, or anything. It just he stops answering his radio, and then Brad Pitt's creeping around corners, creeping around corners, and then looks and sees the floaty thing, and then the monkey like is like behind the dead astronaut who pulls him aside, and the guy's mask is broken, his face is eaten, and his hand is ripped off. You didn't hear any of that yeah, when a monkey yeah. did it <laughs> this is this monkey belongs to the goddamn foot clan like no bells Ninja were moved when, when i don't the, see why this is so but difficult there, to there were two of them there was another one that was just kind of like hanging well, out in the room being quiet while his friend did all this stuff. yeah there were undetermined numbers of monkeys there have to be because didn't they say there were 28 28 people on the ship Do you think there were 12 he monkeys completely abandoned oh He's that like, those funky monkeys, monkeys. On there. we gotta go and then there's no resolve there's no like maybe they're locked somewhere else and maybe we should actually 
we checked. We no, only saw they like just, they just leave that scene and it never comes up again. It's like there's like 27 people and we see like what like three or four bodies I, and I, they don't even look for the rest of them. I think it was no, like they don't even see any bodies. They just see the one guy. Oh, yeah. You, the at the at the end you see some bodies in a different ship. Oh, okay. Uh, the, we see no fallout aside from the one captain yeah. Uh, yeah. of of the monkey scene. It's a ghost ship. It's, a hundred percent, totally weird. So, then the reason why I think that the, and I think it was definitely in there is because it's the perfect sort of um, uh, other swing of the pendulum in this adventure. Because there's two moments that feel like they're out of different films, and I don't have a problem that they're there, but they they definitely, even though they don't fully fit, they balance each other out. And that is the moon sequence and the monkey sequence. Everything else in this movie is either kind of political thriller or space waiting game. Okay, so. I've- Please. Well, I also felt like the the whole ghost ship monkey thing. Like they needed to get rid of the more competent captain, and they're like, "Well, how can we kill him so that <laughs> the other to facilitate <laughs> other things later?" Attacking. Well, I no, think okay because There's Brad like... Pitt can't. You know, they have to show him taking over the the spaceship, and then. When he gets back onto the spaceship later, there's nobody in charge who who can make a good call, and they set that up by killing the person who could make a good call. But even to the problem of that point, yeah, Brad Pitt just ends up killing that crew anyway. So he could have just killed the captain anyway. Like, see, I I think we might be falling into the trap of seeing what's literally happening on screen and critiquing that as opposed to critiquing the thematic problems. Oh, Fred, whatever. And and I want to introduce the idea that the monkeys and our sane captain, everyone, okay, is um, what part of Moby Dick is that? Well, actually, here we're talking about uh, here. I think what it's trying to do, and I don't say it's trying doing it successfully. Sure. But I think we're talking. What we're trying to do is talking about the danger of uh, removal from you know Earth. The the what the dangers of space of of essentially being in a void of being alone. So what the scene I think thematically is about is how space and its vastness can be maddening, as these monkeys went crazy and killed the crew. Well, our baboons are notoriously violent. Brad Pitt actively dismisses his humanity while on the ship before he even goes. He says, this is not important. We have a mission. And the last remaining vestige of the thematic um, empathy is that captain who then gets killed in the void of space by rage that then, thanks, voiceover, Brad Pitt says, I am that rage. <laughs> I understand that rage. He's like space Batman. I feel that rage. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, the I mean, the voiceover was like a little like over the head, but you know, sometimes you belt it out for the cheap seats. I think thematically, the monkeys are there to show the removal of empathy and how he 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 active. He's like, I compartmentalize. No, dude, you actively just got rid of it. You're not compartmentalizing. You are dropping your empathy for all humanity. You have none. Very, That's fair. Very good okay. point. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but back to monkeys. Those monkeys sucked. No, no, no. The monkeys <laughs> were incredibly good at their job of murdering people silently. <laughs> the, so the monkeys did not suck. The monkeys were efficient AF. It's just, uh, I just think it was a little bit odd in the actual practicality of what was going. Yeah, on. it was. I think, I think they were like, this would be a great way to build tension because he's got a thing he's got to get to, and we're going to delay it, and then we, as the audience, will understand why he's not going to be empathetic, why he's not helping. We are, we're maybe being tried to be dragged along into how space and the void and the journey dehuma- dehumanizes us. 
But again, it's not unforgiving space because at the end, everything's okay. Also, but they, they established this character as already having sort of a lack of emotional No, they don't establish the character. The voiceover tells us. That's different. Okay, and, and the science of his pulse. Our hand is held the whole film. The yeah. pulse thing yes. it describes it. But they well. didn't need that to show his lack of humanity. They have been demonstrating it in many, many ways from the very beginning yeah, of yeah. the film. Yeah, so no, it's, it doesn't feel like a journey. That like is where I agree with space. Jamie that it feels like filler. He isn't losing his humanity in space. It's already gone before he got on the ship. Like he right. doesn't he doesn't have a journey in that way, so that scene doesn't work for me in terms of demonstrating the loss of humanity and the all the things Red was saying because I feel like the character was already there. And that yeah. might have been them sort of showing it to the audience, but like you didn't, it it wasn't a journey that we experienced with the character. And that actually mirrors a a problem slash question I have about viewing films in general when we come across things that are despondent in in two aspects of how they are crafted. Mm. And it's how the audience interacts and experiences those moments. So so follow me down this monkey hole real quick. In the moment of the monkeys happening, I was like, fuck yeah. Like in that moment, I was like, I didn't expect it. It was an interesting twist. And I didn't start questioning. Like I enjoyed it until the end when I'm like, well, hold on. And then my brain did the pieces because the movie's a lot slower after that. So mm -hmm. I got to sort of think about the monkeys in that moment a little more. But in the actual visceral, no pun intended, sort of animal lizard part of my brain, when it happened, I was like, good job, movie. You just surprised me in a movie that I have yet to be surprised in. But, but, but upon further inspection, I was like, no, 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 no. When, when we as an audience view a thing, I've been noticing more and more, and I don't know if it's just with current day films or maybe because I talk about one a week and I have been for the last 234 weeks of my life. Seasons. Yeah, I know. But like, there's a difference in the feeling. It's, there's a difference in the initial feeling and then the sort of like thoughtfulness after the fact. And I have found that the weight of one definitely can sort of counterbalance or counteract the other. In this case... I thought about it more than I enjoyed the moment, and therefore I'm like, it didn't work. Is this? Do people? Do you have this as well with films? Yes, um, but though for me in this moment, as it was happening, like, like it was creepy and it looked cool, but it, it felt from the moment they went there, I'm like, what are we doing here? And when they showed the monkeys, I was like, seriously, okay. Anastasia, I okay. don't know how to describe this to you. There was a distress signal <laughs> when you're in space. You go to the ship. I with the distress signal. Now, that, you take a flashlight, you make sure that you're not the first Monkeys, female or African-American crew member in, and you'll be fine. Can and you're, ooh, Mario? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, a little, little, little Luigi's Mansion yeah. reference. No, but but I, I agree with that and the, what you're saying about the, 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 the experience in the moment and the uh, ana analysis afterwards and how one can win out. There's, Going to a movie is an experience, and I want to have one, and sometimes I'm willing to suspend my disbelief and be like, that was fun, and I don't care. But it has to it has to also sort of work at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I was never lost in this movie. I was never, no. or not, well. lost is not the right word. I was never, uh, I was never going along with the ride of this movie. I was actively watching it. Uh, and the wave sometimes take thinking, you. oh boy, it's still going. Um <laughs> It, it never, it never swept the, me up with it. My disbelief was never suspended, and that was sad for me. Your uh, disbelief wasn't suspended, or your interest in the story, like that's no, the. No, I, I, again, we left the theater, and I was like, okay, this is what this movie was about, and I'm on board with that. I but yeah, I just it felt uh, clunky is not the word because it is slick, uh, but. 
I feel like disbelief for me was suspended due to the world building, but it's just the characters. Like when we start talking about characters and motivation, that's what knocked me out of it. Like th- this movie strapped me in and then shook me hard enough where the seatbelts broke. Hmm. Like that's kind of where I was at. Hmm. Uh, and, and weirdly, I just thought of this another Brad Pitt vehicle, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. The, the interesting thing here is that movie's ending, and I don't want to give spoilers for what the ending is, but when that movie finished and I walked out of the theater, the experience of watching that movie to the end, I was like, I don't know if this means anything. And so like, it didn't hit me in the moment. But then once I thought about it later on, that ending had so much more meaning for me. So mm. it's like the opposite of the monkey problem. So I've, I've experienced this recently in two Brad Pitt movies very, very differently. Yeah. And I feel like it's that's been a more and more common occurrence for me. Um, I don't know. I just, I just thought that was a, a, an, an interesting... No, it's an interesting yeah. observation. I, I think there's always been tension between uh, mechanical execution of a film and its narrative. Uh, and, and its its narrative purpose. Yeah. And uh, the more movies you watch, and also generally speaking, the more we consume with thanks Netflix, special thanks Netflix, <laughs> um, Amazon, a- Amazon, and other streaming services. Now that we get to consume consume more media, we're becoming much more aware, and I'd say language savvy as as uh, as a culture, a human culture. Do you think now this is this is another sort of interesting sort of tangent on on that very topic? The 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 Rotten Tomatoes, which I hate using as a metric, but it's the only metric we have now, so yay! Uh, the reviewer, I believe the um, critic uh, numbers were as follows. Critics um, were at 83 for this film, and fans, which are also critics, uh, are 43%. Yeah. <laughs> this is not uncommon um, no, in this day and age. But but th- this is sort of with the idea that, and, and, and I think your previous thing about us as a culture becoming more literate in the way films are done actually works both ways. Yes. Um, it allows people to be more critical of things, but maybe not for, dare I say, critical reasons. Yeah, like, we're, we're still learning how to be, how to think critically. For instance, I don't disagree with the 43% of the fan things, but, and this might be a real, look, uh, here we go. I will be a pretentious motherfucker right now. I don't believe that the reasoning behind the 43% is the reasoning why I would give this film, like, I would think that the 43% is fair. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, like we walked at, when we left the theater, Jamie. I don't know if you heard the people around us, or as I like to call it, cell phone nation. Holy fuck! Oh my God. Holy fuck! They were just on their goddamn phones, and uh, like, and I looked over at one point, and I was just watching, and he was literally just not looking at it. And the guy next to me was like literally not looking at an Instagram feed, and I was like, okay, whatever. But people were bored. At ninety minutes in a theater that we had, we had uh, just it was under two a dozen, hours, dozen people at ninety minutes. In a theater with less than a dozen people, four of them got up for the bathroom. So yeah. that was one third of the people decided two thirds of the way through the film that uh, it is time to get up and go to the bathroom because I don't need to see the next fifteen minutes. Right. Well, and it's it, you know it's set up the way the film is is that there's high action and then there's uh, vague 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 character, action character yeah. pondering in voiceover and inserted pictures of Tommy Lee Jones as a child. Yeah, I, uh, what the fuck. Yeah. Uh, it, it it presented itself as okay. This is fun. You don't need to pay attention unless you're in this for for conclusion or resolution. I don't even think they want you to pay attention for resolution. Like the resolution comes pretty standard old hat ways. 
right? We can talk about the ending at this point. Like yeah. it, it yeah. it's you know, he gets there, he gets the Neptune. Also, I don't yeah, know. Can we talk about antimatter for a minute? Oh yeah, we absolutely can. Okay. I just do want to say kudos to this film for keeping it in the solar system. I just liked the fact that yeah. like that did sort of help it out. Very rarely do we see that, and very rarely, weirdly, do the outer planets in our uh, I will say more realistic setting films. It's it's either we're going to Mars in a realistic setting, or we're going to different galaxies in far, far away. yeah, like in interstellar sort of thing, or even a Star yeah. Trek if we want to do that. This was fun because we're at the outer edge of our galaxy. Neptune, shout out to Neptune. Neptune's yeah. always been my favorite planet. I mean, other than this one because we can live here. <laughs> but like Neptune's always just the coolest looking one to me. So then when there was like the scene of the ship showing up and there was the rings and one yeah. was above and below, and I was looking, I was like, this is fu- this is a this Neptune should be painted. Cool. This should be painted on the van. Yeah. Like it was very it was very cool. It looks cool. I, I, I have to pause because I did not give this credit in the in the in the uh, in the front. I find a lot of the photography was was beautiful. Yeah. And yes. I yeah. I think it tried to give us vertigo at times. Yep. Uh, which I thought was great. Uh, I struggled in some sections understanding where they wanted my sense of gravity. Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, but uh, but uh, I think overall the photography, especially in those wides. Gorgeous and well yeah, thought out, yeah. and then everything else when it stayed in the mediums and the medium close-ups. Um, well, they were doing that because we were supposed to always be basically inside Brad Pitt's head, and I think I think it was effective. I think the photography was very effective. Hoyt yeah. Van uh, Hatema, I believe, was yeah. the if I might be butchering that name, but that was the the cinematographer. Yeah, it, that it, was it, it. Kept us in the familiarity that it sort of promised us we would have. It's the near future. We're still in the solar system. Like we don't. We're not. We haven't gone so far as to discover everything new. We're, like the pictures are all real pictures of planets. Yeah, it's it's stuff we have now. Cinematographer yeah. for Dunkirk. Cinematographer for ah, Interstellar. So there was some pedigree. I yeah. thought it did look a lot like Dunkirk. Uh, not at all. No, but <laughs> uh, no, no, no. But it, it was it was very the, the cinematography was well thought out. I, th- I I don't know whether that was the cinematographer or whether that was the director or a collaboration. Yeah. But I I, I thought yes. that was very it was full marks. My favorite thing about the film, like, because I love space, and the whole reason that I went to go she see does. This... I'm actually jealous of space. I think she's had got a thing going on. That's the fair. Well, space, Who doesn't? Space is so pretty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Red was like, I'm gonna go see this movie in the morning so I can do this podcast in the morning and, and I don't really like mornings and I was like oh, I don't want to go and then I was like what is this movie let me look at it and he's like it's and I was like it's space I'm coming and I didn't know anything else about it I just knew yeah, that I didn't lie space. I didn't say it was about space or anything <laughs> no, it takes I, place in space I just I looked at something on the internet and saw a picture of somebody in an astronaut suit and I was like oh I'm gonna go to this movie because it's space and like the scenes of space were so beautiful I mean that and the, the yeah, way you, that it was shot leaning forward on the seats. Every time that that came up, and I loved that, I just wish that I liked the rest. Sure, (laughs) sure, sure, sure. Well, with that in mind, let's talk about antimatter, Red. Oh, yeah, I just... You know, uh, God, uh, where do I start? Um, okay, first I have to accept whatever they present to me as antimatter uh-huh. is the thing, and that's the science, yep. and th- there, there it is. Okay, and we got problems on Earth as a result of the thing. Okay, fine, you told me these rules. Um... How can we resolve our okay? Also, how white guy is it that we got a problem? Let's blow it up. Um, well, that's yeah. not going to make it this worse. This is a highly dangerous substance that could destroy life at the universe. So you're going to go there and you're going to throw a nuke at it. Yeah, oh, and also let's just be clear. <laughs> Sorry, let's just, 
Also, but here's the deal. Let's say the science. Let's even let's take say the, the science lead. is the solid. The science is solid. You can destroy this antimatter causing this global catastrophe around the or even this no, galactic a uni- uh, a universal. Yeah, right. You can destroy it with a nuke. Okay, cool. Why you send in a manned mission there? Not just- Why you send in a manned mission there? Just nuke it. What's the worst thing that happens? You miss with the nuke. Like, just, you could send another, send nine nukes. It's Neptune. <laughs> Nothing's happening there. Like, just, you, like, wh- the second that there was a manned mission that Brad Pitt had to murder all of the people to then get to his dad, I Look, was like, why are He did are not there have people? any hostile intentions. I don't know why you keep saying murder. <laughs> he, he did. He's like, well, I have no hostile intentions, whatever. It and he's like, What's the legality of that? Would he be convicted of manslaughter, involuntary manslaughter? I mean, who knows? You well, that's convicted of that's that. A, so since that was a military, he's military. He's military. Oh, it was yeah. a military, yeah, court martial. Yes, yeah. good point. Uh, a space court martial. Space court. Space court. <gasps> that would have been awesome if that was a television series in like the late eighties. Space court. Space court. It would be the the it would be the great 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 grandchildren of all the characters on Night Court. That would be so well, awesome. Like the Donald bull character. Trump is still in office. He's gonna make a space court ASAP now. Uh, no, he's gonna talk about making a space court ASAP. It's gonna be the greatest they'll, space they'll court. They'll have definitely a logo. Yeah, there will be a, yeah. The logo will be not great. Um, uh, <laughs> but it, but it will exist. It will exist uh, drawn in sharpie. So <laughs> the the way that. Uh, the, when the antimatter comes, you know, and, and let's get it. Even, let's look. Even though th- this is a problem I had sort of throughout the thing, the the science of how the 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 world sort of works seems very solid up until that point. Yeah. Granted, there's bleeding edge stuff. I don't need to know about what the antimatter thing is. I don't even need to know necessarily the nuke would you, you know you might not fix it. I'll even argue that it made sense that he had to ultimately be there in the end because sure. the spaceship that he uh, the station that he's looking for is off its original course, so uh, he you does he has to kind site. of visually see it he tries to send a drone oh no he doesn't he's in that little thing it just looked like a drone he he tries to get there and uh and there's an asteroid field in his way or there's rings it's rings um which is tiny miniature asteroid field yeah 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 yeah. uh there's enough manual stuff needing to be done by the end of it that i thought okay that's just i I believe him being there I mean, but well, here's the, some other. The end of my comment was a was a hapless. Shrug. But here's the other Sorry, thing. Here's the thing about that hapless shrug. Okay, it. so there's the there's the rings of Neptune, right? That he gets there. Okay, he's just flown for three months. You're telling me, you're telling me that he just can't go around the rings at that point. He can't like go loop doop 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 doop. Then he doesn't get to have the dramatic moment where he jumps off the spinning thing and propels himself and into space exactly at his spaceship. May I point out that that is very much like Ishmael riding the coffin oh. from the Pequod back to safety. Whoa. Yeah. Now let me ask you this because I have not read Moby Dick. Let no, me ask nobody you, has. Let no, me, nobody oh. since 1885 But has let me read ask you this. Moby In Dick. Moby Dick to get away and to finally get home, did the ship ride the blast of a nuclear wave that propelled it back to its home port? Thematically? (laughs) (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones didn't eat the ship at the end. If I I remember correctly, Tommy Lee Jones was uh, strapped to the top of Mocha Dick, waving to everybody, being like, come on, it's fine. And everybody just kind of nopes out and dies. Right? No, no, I no, it doesn't. It doesn't. But I think it was trying. I don't know. It could be just me theorizing, but I think we're trying to draw. We, we created that situation where we par- we just parked badly so that we could do we could create that moment, um, which was 
probably imagined in the best possible light to be a thematically strong moment that could also be visually exciting. Oh, As yeah. a filmmaker, I think that's that's a great thing going on. I just think uh, we had this was the end goal that I was talking about, where it just runs towards the end and everything else be damned. And I, I think they forgot about some important executables. I think they forgot Kidding. about anything past. Like this movie is very uh, clearly about the the daddy issues. That's the entire thing. We can all agree on that. The second that that issue is resolved. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give a shit about anything else it's done. Like this movie, yeah, the, the end of this movie forget l- about its technical accuracy. Goes yeah. from like realistic sort of space travel world to literal Star Wars. Like yeah. you're riding the blast of a nuclear wave on a ship not designed to do that and like all like what like and you still ended up being pointed directly at Earth. Yeah, like <laughs> well, I, I, you can you can maneuver you, yeah, or whatever, yeah, but yeah, like reckoning, yeah, you're, you're, reckoning you're, is a big you're part a of space travel. Co-pilot that makes sense. can help you figure I, that out. I, I know autopilot; but, it's great in the future. But the point of that method of getting home is that when something you know pushes you in space, uh, you go indefinitely in that th- in that direction until something stops you. How did it get through the asteroid belt? Like that—that's the well, one thing that just doesn't. It, it didn't it add does, up, and I thought this is a moment where you kind of someone rushed in the writers' room yeah, on it, this. Yeah. On it this falls bit. apart. How thick even is that thing? Took him two minutes to get through yeah. an asteroid belt using a using half a solar panel. I will not. Oh, you talking about the yeah? We're getting through the the. But it, it falls apart on its own rules. The yeah. science that we were told to accept at the beginning falls apart. Yes, for ex- well, many for many reasons, but very large uh, kind of gaping holes here, which is this antimatter wave or this nuclear wave has been established to knock out all instrumentation. How can we suddenly use it as a thrust accelerant? It, mm-hmm. it doesn't make any sense. For, furthermore, this wave, when the further it gets out, apparently gets stronger and stronger. So we're just going to detonate a nuke willy nilly without aiming it anywhere. It just seems like like we did so well of, of just accepting whatever's being told to us. And then, you know, I know you hate this, Matt, when you establish rules yeah. and then you don't follow them. You know, rules are made to be broken. I believe that. But here, this these rules, man, you made the rules. You got to follow the rules. Yeah, There's a difference between breaking rules down the space station. Maybe the, there's a difference between breaking the rules. You crazy. And ignoring the rules. No, just, yeah. You can't you you if you inadvertently break a rule by ignoring it, that's fucking stupid. If you break a rule for a purpose, then but that works. As a filmmaker, also I got to say it's incredibly frustrating to hear people um complain about um me complain uh, about fake science that I made up. I have to say, it's, it's... It's not about fake science that you make up. No, no, no. Hold on for a moment. I find it irritating that, that as a filmmaker, I'm just speaking as a filmmaker, that somebody comes to me and like, why didn't you hit like the light switch, you know, or something, or power down? That's you fair. Know, like, because I had a thing, but I had to cut it out for time, just, I, you know, or, or something, or like, I said it went, went crazy, and, or, you know, it's more, the moment is more important in itself, but... I have to concede that if somebody has that complaint, and that's the main complaint, then I, as the filmmaker who made the decisions, probably failed in communicating what was really important about yeah, the scene. That's no what matter, I'm saying. No matter what no matter what level of sort of uh, of drama or future or fantasy you live in, we're still experiencing the human the yeah. human story when we see this. So it has to exist in a realm where a human's actions can make sense to it. And so when someone says, Well, why didn't you just do this. Yeah. I, I do I, as I can so see how irritating that must be and I can so see when that <laughs> happens in a movie that like you know I've I've been a viewer in a movie where I'm like that was amazing and then someone's like well how, how did 
how did that work? And I'm like, just shut up, Kevin. Like, it, I, I, I want to dismiss it, but I think it's a Kevin? there's yeah. huge merit to that criticism because yeah. people have to be able to relate to the the the, the realism, no matter how unrealistic. But I, I, yeah, but yeah. again, it goes back to I, I'm on board with whatever a film sets up for me. If the film sets up that there are willy nilly rules. Great, and I will, and the the entire thing as that's going, as long as that is consistent, even if even if the rule that the film is making is that the rules are consistent, then not consistent. If we're going to even go down that like triple dog down sort of like path, but what I guess this will go sort of bit into my final thought of the film uh, of Ad Astra. This movie sets up what it thinks is important straight from the get go, and oh, the, the relationship, which yeah, which we never see, which we never see. Uh, it's all about dealing with your your sort of paternal issues or, or trying to find closure in a familial setting, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. And we're told how important it is and we're told how this thing and all this stuff. And the reason why I don't think it works is beyond all the technical acumen this movie shows, beyond the world that it paints that is actually very interesting, and even beyond the rules I think it breaks by the very end. The thing that the movie is telling us is the most important thing and the most emotionally resonant and human thing is never shown to us in any given way. It is only t- spoken to about us in a somber tone voiceover. And that is a mistake that I made in college films when I used to make films. And which is why that's sort of, I, I, I feel like it's a very it's a very early screenwriter issue because you in your head have this tale that you want to tell and this emotionally resonant story. And I don't know if the writer or the director or Brad Pitt or whomever actually had, like, if this is sort of like, a, oh, yes, like, this makes sense because of various issues in their lives, right? But it is, this film does not present that thing be- outside of whoever created its own mind. It's very... I have dad issues. This is very important. I need closure. And you don't ever see why. And it's you're supposed to relate to it, like, in your own life maybe and maybe like a viewer is supposed to fill in their own gaps but they don't ever give you enough narrative hooks for you to latch your own experiences onto it they didn't gracefully write the reason why he's going to get his dad so uh and in fact he didn't need to they already sent some other guys to do it and he broke onto their ship yeah killed all of them in the process and then did the same thing they were going to do also uh shout out to Liv tyler for getting to do absolutely nothing and uh ruth nega who is one of my favorite actresses who has a great scene but again it does not matter no it does it's inconsequential and I, this is the this is the part that really infuriates me is that um so brad pitt dumps his toxic masculinity that he inherited from his father of course becomes a good person yep learns to handle and express his emotions mm-hmm. while maintaining his promise to always be honest and he gets the girl back yep. because she's just waiting for him she's to do all this stuff. Met anyone else <laughs> or done anything? And else. it hasn't been years. She, I mean, she's just you know hanging out. She's just been waiting. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you not hear that he now appreciates the little things? Oh, you're oh, right. And he he re- he's going to learn to share the experiences with other people and 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 oh yeah, I mean. I was like, I was just like, oh, this is why I was like, this, this is a guy, th- this is the white upper middle class guy thinking like he's woke is basically what it is. It's like, <laughs> he, he's like, ah, I've discovered myself. I got rid of my toxic, toxic masculinity. This is me. I'm, I'm the new age bra. I'm, I'm good. By the way, we're going to reconcile at this place where a coffee is literally $8. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right. I said my final thoughts. Who else wants to close out here? 
Um, I just want to. I just want to say, um, there's another scene uh, when they're tethered together. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> tethered together, where, where dad and son are tethered together. Yep. And there's a there's a scene in Moby Dick. Where I think it's called a monkey rope. This all makes sense thematically. This is really connected. Ishmael and Pequot are like skinning a whale or something, and they have to tie each other together because if one falls off, then both falls off. And I think in the book, um, it works really well how they're dependent on one another and how. Um, they essentially become one unit, and uh, I think that's evoked again in the movie. But they like totally missed the point, or like maybe saw like the Gregory Peck version or something, and be like, "Wasn't there a? Didn't they do something? I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe I just read it in Cliff Notes or something." But I think the movie expo- tries to explore what it means to be a male, because there is no female perspective here. Sure, and. I don't think, and it probably it's probably gonna reviews. it's probably gonna take a lot of of heat for that. I don't I don't know. I don't read re- the reviews. It's not it's not meant for that audience, so I don't think so. You can tell because as we watched the trailers, I realized I hadn't heard a woman speak in fifteen minutes. Yeah, that, that was yeah. my problem with trailer one because thought, they did ha- they literally had no. Yeah. It was just literally it's women in bed syndrome, yeah. which is basically like when the wife is just in the in the softly lit bedroom and there's voiceover of what's going on while she's stroking the dude who's going to do the crazy space things face. Like <laughs> it's it's old and sh- even the the shitty I don't I shouldn't say it's shitty I haven't seen it yet that that uh, World War Two plane movie coming out that looks like Star Wars but it's um uh, yeah. everybody it, should go way. see Tora 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 uh, uh, instead yeah um, uh, but Mandy Moore effects. Mandy Moore in that film is woman in bedroom like that's <laughs> what the- yeah so yeah, I, I I have a harsh statement. I don't care for Mandy Moore. And not We're because I don't think she's talented. Wow. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, now I have to finish it. It's because I don't think she aspires to be anything else but woman in bed, unless she gets to sing. Uh, and I'm I'm tired of I'm seeing not her and things. Judge Mandy Moore for taking work. I think it's just the work that's being offered. Like yeah. like yeah, I'm not gonna you know whatever. Sure, that's a fair point. Uh, I was frustrated because I always see Mandy Moore mm. do the same thing, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you you should, girl, come on. But sorry, Red. Oh, n- not at all. Actually, I think it's important it ties right back in. I, I don't think Ad Astra is a is a movie that needs to have um, any female voice in it. But let's do ourselves a favor and not have the girl waiting at the end. Yeah. Um, if this is a movie about a man and his father, that's okay. Those movies can exist. Yeah. And if this is a movie about a man who learns that um, there is more in life than a fixed point goal, as you will, the stars as the sailors used to use them to navigate mm-hmm. this i think that's what it's referring to is to the stars is that he's he's trying to his dad was a star and now earth and his life is the next the last fixed point that he travels to that we yeah. see and and that's a fine that's a fine message and i wish that we explored more of that to more solidify that point yeah. astronauts yeah. still use stars to navigate that's, with a visual cue and that's we should that's all go to space yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god i do yeah. not want to no fuck um, that really? <laughs> it's very forgiving you can do anything in space you can You're murder be... dozens of people and come back is it that easy to get into spaceships cuz everyone's just like all right let's just open the door i guess yeah. like I mean, everybody he definitely no... crawled through a hatch based around the booster i know i was like how is he not on fire yeah the, the, 
just or, or how's he not a plant pancake just from the the lift that's yeah. necessary but then yeah. again they're taking off from the moon so it's not as much lift needs to be i'm getting distracted i don't mind that the movie's ideas exist or themes exist i just wish they explored it more but i have to give the filmmakers credit for trying to get there because it is a hard journey to see this father-son story that we've seen a lot and actually try to get resolution and but it's not it's not a magic pill you can't just suddenly become a good person because you realize your father and your parents aren't, aren't the best people. Uh, we all realize that at about like 13. Like you, you can't become a good person by kicking your dad into Neptune. You really can't. And that's that's all I have to say. And is murdering everyone is, along he kicked, he the way. Himself, when my father fair. wakes up in two hours, I'm not going to send him to Neptune. Yeah, I think that's a good move. Yeah, there you go. That's my, um, that's my final thought. Yeah, that's it. Anastasia? I don't have anything short to say. I, whatever. <laughs> uh, d- no, I mean, I just, for me personally, I was like this narrative again. And they yeah. didn't do anything different or compelling or interesting enough for me to be like, okay, I'm going to sit through this guy and his daddy issues um, and be okay with it. Yeah. And, and I, you know, like, it, like, it's because the story has been told so many times. Like, I want to see, I, I want it to be compelling if I'm going to be into it. Otherwise, I'm like. <sighs> Otherwise, you're like cell phone nation, on our, which you didn't do. I'm not saying no, you no, did no, it. No, no, but. Tim Robbins yourself, you took your helmet off in space. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and finally, Jamie. Uh, I was okay with the narrative. I liked the narrative even. I'm, I Again, it, it, you you can still have this story in, in this world. And in fact, I think it's an important one because the male narrative still exists. And, you know, I. Again, I joke about the therapy message, but like, really, like learning to Dudes, be self-aware and, get... and and to to see what's around you and to not aspire to weirdo assumptions of what you're supposed to be is important uh, for everybody. I I liked that. I liked that I left the movie and said, okay, I get it. That that is a thing that did communicate across to me. I just think that this movie suffered from a studio and production and money and I don't blame Brad Pitt but I think Brad Pitt being attached to it made it an attempt at a big box thing that didn't quite come together and so I was frustrated inevitably because it was just a lot of like spectacle and extra pieces in what could have been I think a very clean and beautiful graceful minimal movie I see you're saying because it was positioned yeah, as a as a blockbuster someone, so to speak i think someone brought this screenplay up and was like i think i've written something wonderful and they were like good idea have you do you, have you thought about space baboons yeah. and that's <laughs> it didn't work for me it 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 should have been something different <laughs> what if they said that exact thing happened right now have you thought about space baboons and they're like when have i not thought about space baboons <laughs> like what if they were all on board hang on what if it's two space what <laughs> anyway all right well, this has been the only podcast about the film Ad Astra. We're not going to make our fake titles? What? I was getting to it. Oh, okay. I was I was literally leading right into it, but now you've done it. So, Yay! you get to start, Red. Oh. Uh, if this was your film, what would you name? Okay, so my name would be Unforgiving Space, colon, an untitled Brad Pitt movie. I challenge your listeners to make the most kick-ass poster that's ever been made for okay. that. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just reminding me of Untitled Goose Game, which just came out on the Switch. I want you to play been. with this idea. Yeah. Your listeners are like the best listeners. That, that, yes. That they, they have some really great responses. So All right, who, el- who else has one? 
Anything first thing comes to your mind? Unhook me, a step-by-step guide to reconciling with the patriarchy. Oh, wow. Okay. Good. Good. Very nice. Very nice. Anastasia. Anything? I, uh, uh, I had to go to Neptune to solve my daddy issues. Yeah, all right. That's yeah. That's not. I mean, highly accurate. Way more accurate than the IMDb uh, thing. I might call this. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> basically. Uh, Moon pirates, I wish there were more. I don't know. <laughs> like I, I, I was really interested yeah, in the I moon really pirates. More moon yeah. pirates. I, I was like, I am on board for this. But again, that's yeah. not the movie's fault. That's my own love of space piracy. No, but I, it was it was an exciting moment, though. The yeah. moon ever, was hands down the best part of the film. Yeah. 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 Have you yeah. ever realized that that you know we've had pirates for a, uh-huh. a long time? They still exist today. Yeah. And we are in, on something moving through space at an irresponsibly high uh-huh. speed. Oh, you're saying so they are all space we pirates? We have space pirates now. I mean, t- but then, but, but, and you're not wrong. But at the same time, then I'm we are not a, incorrect. Then we are a space podcast talking into space microphones and putting this out on the space internet. And that's why the aliens choose not to visit us. They're still attached to military. They have this whole monologue slash joke in The Martian. What? What do you we, mean? We're not pirates in space. Okay, well, none of us are pirates in space. Yeah. But say the people that are in space right now are all uh, under the command of national uh, national branches. Mm. Yeah. And and even though it is uh, it is uncharted waters uh, mm-hmm. to continue the nautical. Yeah. I like, I like this. I like, I like where you're, you're going here. You're you're not a pirate. You're a sailor. You're a privateer. Yeah. Uh, oh no, that's that's SpaceX. Yeah, um, which is why I love, I love, love, love uh, any movie where anybody is doing commercial transport in space because that's what's that's what it's going to be. Uh, the Martian has this is off point. The Martian he talks about why he's a pirate because he uh, no longer is under the command for some. Oh, reason. he makes that a yeah. joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's but joking it's, it's about a, it. The whole The Martian is a joke movie. No, I understand it's for jokes, but it's a it's a it's a logic point that he makes. But this one. There are literal pirates. Yes, they call them are, moon these pirates. Are legit yes. pirates. That, yeah. that pirates from the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks, yeah. Uh, Peter Dinklage. Pirates. Anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you have any thoughts about Ad Astra or any other um, uh, movie you can rename in Latin, please send it in at onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com or uh, tweet at us at onlymoviepod. Shahir will be back. And next week, I promise there's only going to be about 45 to 50 minutes on how and uh, when he met Will Smith, what he was wearing, what Will Smith smelled like. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk of Shahir meeting Will Smith. I'm excited for it. I kind of am too. I, I'm, 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 I'm throwing gentle shade because I'm super jelly. Um, everybody, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm going to go around the room. Uh, let's start with Anastasia this time. Anastasia, where can folks find you when you are not um, being real psyched about kicking paternal figures into planetary bodies? Um, I teach Alexander Technique at movementhealingarts.com is my website. All right. Excellent. Uh, Jamie, when you are not just up in arms, feral, some might say, about the use of space baboons who might be ninjas. Where can folks find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at jimjam underscore Walsh. Uh, same on Twitter. And uh, that's, yeah, do oh. it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I uh, draw stuff. <laughs> yeah, draw stuff. And Red, when you are not tying 2019 uh, Brad Pitt vehicles tethered around your waist to the other side of an old boat 
Mm. Uh, hunting a whale from long, long ago that might not even be about It's a mad whale. whale. Yeah. Uh, mad whale. Where can folks find you? Well, you can find me on the credits of a couple of movies. Okay. And I really encourage everybody to uh, go check out the Irishman on releases where there's going to be a limited theatrical release. Yep. It's going to be totally worthwhile to check it out in the theaters because of like the Atmos mix and all that jazz. Of but course. if you can't catch it in the theaters, it'll uh, release worldwide uh, on Netflix, I believe, uh, November 27th. And so. then when, when's the theatrical? Do we know the dates? I, I believe it's November 1st. I believe okay, yeah. I can get a little bit in the theaters before... Um, before the uh, before the streaming release, but uh, yeah, see it in the theaters. Uh, let me know what you think. Send uh, send Matt a bunch of emails, and he'll text me once. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. I'll be like, oh man. <laughs> uh, and of course, you can always find me at m a t t h e w k o r l dot com for my life and works. Also, Skeletor the number four p r e z on Instagram or Emperor M S K on Twitter. Uh, also, check out the good works we're doing over on Extra Credits. We just finished our history of dentistry series, uh. Uh, which I, I was I was unaware of this, and I'm very excited that this sort of happened but people were we, we had a joke in this where uh the R rob our writer or robert rath who is a phenomenal writer for our extra history series he uh wrote this sort of gag into these into these episodes where it's like when the history of dentistry is obviously very gory uh and like he'd start talking about like actually like taking a tooth and like digging a rock inside of your gum and then yeah exactly anastasia the exact thing and then when we get to that point anastasia just freaked it out it cuts it cuts like, out to me being like pretending see. to read the script being like no 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 oh rob that's great. We're not going to do... No, we're not doing this, Rob. This is something that Rob wrote. Uh, our viewers got really um, passionate about thinking that we were, like, cutting out history. And we I I, I, I was shocked that, the, that that was the intention. Of course, that was never meant to be. It was just a fun joke to have people that might be squeamish about this stuff. And, and, and Rob even did a very nice tweet about it. It was just very interesting to me that people were like, we want the gore! And I was like, I didn't know that's why you were here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but, uh, th but that was a fantastic series wow. um, sponsored by a great group, uh, Child and Teen Health Services, uh, which helps support uh, some... I'll some, go check it out. Yeah, it's very, very good. Uh, anyway, with that, next week we will be back with another film. Uh, I don't know what it is. I'm going to make Shahir pick because he's not here this week. We've been going too long. Everybody have a wonderful week. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.